Hello. Hope everyone's doing well. Welcome back to another edition of CFFLHQ. You can find all of these episodes at CFFLHQ.com or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, except for Apple. And if that ever changes, we'll, uh, changes, we'll let you know. Today is the third and final installment uh, in a series of misfortune, opportunity, missed, okay? And we've named it uh, in everything that could have been. And this is part three. If you want to listen to part one or part two, they are up and they are running. Uh, We looked at Al and the exceptional quarterback play that he has possessed over the years that led to nothing. We looked at Mr. Bobby's 2022, where he had the best team and arguably one of the greatest players in the CFFL and did not make it. Barely, barely even qualified. I think that was the most fascinating part about that. We wanted to relive that. Today's going to... Today's almost like the opposite of Mr. Bobby. Today's more like the lifetime achievement award of everything that could have been. You know, there are owners that we can put in here into this group. Everyone has their own missed opportunities, you know, but I think there's another group kind of like CFFL owners on the rise, people who maybe who are finding their step. And I think, I think that, I think some of the missed opportunities and everything that could have been, some of the individuals fall into that group, and we will, uh, we're going to be documenting that here in the upcoming episodes. But today is kind of a an elaboration on what we talked about in episode three, right where it belongs. It was the greatest game in CFFL history. If you want to go back and listen to that, you can, but. The losing owner in that contest, Brian S. Man, if you look back, I mean, it's been some really bad luck for for our guy Brian. He is the longest tenured owner without a jacket. That won't sink in for a second, but he's always been good. That's the thing. He's always right there, always competitive. Always there for a chance to win it all. But just some bad luck and a hiccup here and there. And it threw things off. So you may say, well, why specifically Brian? How about a 3-3 three and three record in the opening round of the playoffs, including 2-2 two and two in three ways, which... When you play in a three-way, clear math tells us we only have a 33% chance of winning. To win two out of four times, you're actually outperforming what is the expectation. But it goes beyond that. Brian, in the quarterfinals, so if you think about it, yes, he's been around since 08, but since we moved and had the quarterfinals, he's been there four times. 
three and one since we went to official quarterfinals in 2015. Three and one with victories over Brad A, Kevin B twice, and Brian R. Putting up great point 234, 274. Um, 203, and then the one time he lost to Kevin B, 136. So, I mean, well-oiled machine scoring over 200 points a game. Three and one in the quarterfinals. So, again, really great work for our guy, Brian. And then we get to the semifinals. We go all the way back. Loses in his inaugural year, 2008. Bounces back 2012 victory in the semis, which puts him in the finals. The one and only time that he gets to the finals, and we'll talk about that here in a second. After that, loses in 2014, Jeremy P. 2016 loses to Jeremy P. 2017 loses to Justin B. 2021 loses to Jeremy P. Now, 2014 wasn't much there for Brian. Okay. But we really want to focus in on his performance over the last six, seven years. Hyper competitive, cutting edge, almost the anti Al. Okay. Either, not saying one strategy is better than the other, but when we look at it, Al has made probably a handful of trades in his, his tenure as an owner. Brian makes a handful of trades in about an hour uh, during the draft over a cold natty. All right. Yes, some years he has more equity than others, but, you know, he sees an opening and he goes for it. The reason why I think it's important to kind of highlight the misfortune of Brian, again, he's the longest tenured owner without a jacket. But it's just criminal what he ran into in his last three semifinal appearances. 2016, Jeremy scores 313.6 points on him. In 2017, Justin B scores 215 points on him. In 2021, in the game in which we chronicled, Jeremy scores 312.8 points in his last three semifinal losses. The opponent Brian is facing has scored on average 280.2 points. And in that same time period, he scored on average 216 points. To give you an idea, in that 2016 contest, the other semifinal. That average of 216 would have won in the other semifinal. In 2017, his score would have won in the semifinal, and his average would have been the highest of the th- uh, of either game. In the other semifinal in 2021, his average score, that one would have lost. But he would have been 2-1. He would have two more championship appearances 
if the average over the last three semifinals would have played out in uh, would have played out uh, in the other game. But certainly his 2021 score by itself, 302 points, certainly would have qualified for the other one. So however you want to look at it, if you're looking at the average, he's two and one. If you're looking at total average, like his score that year in the other game, he would have been two and one. So what you can say is he's been very unlucky. He should have had at least two more appearances in the finals. And then on top of it, we go back to the horror of 2012. He gets to the finals. He plays Brian G. Brian G beats him 156.1 to 150.8. Less than a six-point difference between the two owners in the 2012 title. Think about that. And, you know, the whole one of the major reasons I am doing these episodes is so that as we get older, we can look back with clarity on what happened in some of these earlier years. Okay. And it's really, I mean, think about it. Seven points is the difference between a jacket and a, an episode and everything that could have been. Uh, So let's take a look at this championship game. All right. So 2012 championship, because we chronicled the 2021 uh, greatest game ever. So we're not going to spend as much time on that. But let's let's take a walk down memory lane here with the championship game. Brian G, Marcus Mariota underperformed. Brian S starting. Chucky Keaton, the throwback name for everybody there. Let's throw some of these uh, these names at you here. Giovanni Bernard for Brian G. So Mariota gets him 27. Giovanni Bernard gets him 30 and a half points. Brian answers with Chucky Keaton getting him 16.2. And Kenyon Barner getting him uh, 31.8 points. 198 rushing yards, two touchdowns. I will tell you what. Brian S. ran a lot of Kenyon Barner in 2012. Um. Other notable performances, John White from Utah, the most boring name I've ever heard for a running back. Uh, he goes for 168 and one. Brian S. answers with Kenneth Dixon, 33 and a touch, gets him 9.3, 9.3 points. Uh, the last, and this is back when we did three running backs and three wide receivers, we have Tim Cornette, UNLV, running back for Brian G., 32 yards, uh, only 3.2 points. Ladarius Perk, Perkins from Ute, um, from Mississippi State, 45 yards, three catches, 16 yards, 9.1 points for Brian G. So as we get through the running backs and quarterback, what we see there, Brian G has 83.2 points. Brian S., has 66.4 points. That moves us to the wide receivers. Okay. Bernard Reedy, Marquise Lee, Nick Harwell for Brian G. Not a big day. Reedy goes for 12 rushing yards, 
four catches, 19 yards, only 7.1 points. Marquise Lee, five catches, 75 yards, no touchdowns, 12.5 points. And Nick Harwell, uh, two rushing yards, six catches, 35 yards. So, all told, Brian G's wide receivers really only net him 29.3 yards. So, kind of an underperformance there. And then as we get through the wide receivers, uh, that brings his total to, let's see what we got here. Uh, that brings him to 112.8. Tavon Austin, an all-time performer, um, a very much all-time performer in the CFFL. Tavon Austin, uh, 74 rushing yards, six catches, 99 receiving yards, and a touchdown, 29.3 points. Marcus Wheaton, another uh, NFL player, along with Austin, four rushing yards, seven catches, 98 yards, 17.2 points. And then Dwayne Peace, seven catches, 101 yards. So once we get to this point, uh, Brian S. looking pretty good. And sadly, we'll get to here in a second. So right now he has 144.8 points to 125.1. Um, sadly, though, special teams, kicking Oklahoma. 13 points for Brian G. And Florida State gets eight points for Brian S. So even there, he's holding the lead. But once again, sadly, it comes down to defense. Now, this was before the wild volatile scoring. So can't really get too mad on this one. But the LSU defense scores 18 points for Brian G. The Florida State defense, a minus two, which sadly, um, You know, Florida State gave up 37 points that game. That was really the difference. If it's a normal scoring performance, Florida State doesn't give up 37 points, um, then Brian S. probably has his title. But fortunately lost by 5.2 points, 156.05 to 150.77 if we're getting scientific. So that was his championship loss. His most gut-wrenching semifinal loss we already covered. We went through that. But you're talking about someone who has six appearances in the semifinals since 2008, has a championship appearance in 2012. And the highest non-Jeremy score after the first round in the CFFL playoffs. I mean, it's just incredible. 302 points doesn't get you to the next round. Just incredible. His opponents have scored 280 points on average against him in the three semifinal games since 2016. That, to me, you're talking about maybe one, maybe even two uh, CFFL titles here. But the missed opportunities here aren't so much to – speak about how poor his performance have been. I think this is more also a, a, a tip of the cap to just how good of an owner Brian S has been. You're talking about 2012. He had a five war as uh, his whole team, a five war 2021, just under a five war 2017, almost a four war 2010 and 2013, his entire rosters, 
average out almost a three uh, and almost a three and almost two and a half war. Brian has had a positive war in eight of his 14 seasons. That's good work. And even there, he's only had one really bad year, and that was 2018 when he slept through the draft because he didn't have any more draft equity because he really went for it in 2017. Uh, There's been a few times where there hasn't been as much equity uh, in the draft for him because he's gone for it. And really, when you think you got the team, especially when you think you have a quarterback, you go for it. You can't sit on your hands because as this league gets bigger, you're not going to get an opportunity to go against everybody equally each week. I mean, you find two or three gems in the middle of the draft. That's what's going to separate you. You know, that scouting and evaluation, all the grinding and tape that you're watching in the middle of the summer to find that gem in Conference USA in the sixth or seventh round. If that player hits, and there are a lot of hits later in the draft, that's what separates you. I applaud Brian S. for saying, you know what, I got the squad this year. I got the quarterback. I got, you know, I got pieces, and he has. I mean, he's had some of the best players in CFFL history. I mean, he has a first-team all-CFFL, Brandon Cooks, three-and-a-half war, 2013. He has Tavon Austin, 2012, second-team all-CFFL. Three point, uh, almost a three two war. I mean, he's had players, he's had dudes on his team. Okay. And that's the reason why you go for it. That's the reason why you say, you know what? I got the squad this year. I'm going to trade some equity and we're just going to see what happens. But even this past year, Brian didn't have as much equity. He traded with the commish uh, the year before. There's been some exchange of picks, but he's still Austin Reed, a two-war. Luke Musgrave, a one-war. Sia Bengara, I had to butcher that, that uh, at a .8 war. Raheem Sanders, trade acquisition, .6 war. All right, so really solid players uh, that he has brought in there. And if you look at his success in the draft, Arguably been as good as anybody. Okay, he got Austin Reed in the seventh round. He got Luke Musgrave in the twelfth round. Ollie Jen- uh, Jennings in the tenth round, and Tony Mathis in the eleventh round. All the all told, those individuals netted him almost a four WAR. His excellent work. Really, his only major miss was Anthony Richardson which is about to be somebody else's major miss at the NFL. Anthony Richardson may get one, maybe two head coaches fired. Read his scouting report and tell me whose scouting report was just like his who went on and crushed it in the NFL. That's just my sidebar there. So Brian S. got bit by the Anthony Richardson bug. Okay, so that was really the only miss in the fourth round. Like I said, someone's going to miss on that early in the first round in the NFL, it looks like. 
but the guy drafted his butt off with very little equity. What do you do in 2021? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Bailey Zappi, three war in 2021 when he acquired the seventh overall pick. Ohio State, 2.2 war defense. Last year, the defense has really, uh, really mattered. Rasheen Ali, 1-6 war. Charlie Kohler, 1-3 war. I mean, some of these play like some of these players. They're not just they're not first round picks. Okay. Devin Tompkins, seventh round pick. That's excellent work. Guy's drafting his butt off. You look at it all time. Brandon Cooks, Bailey Zappi, Ohio State Diva. Two of his three best picks ever were in 2021. Graham Harrell, 2008, two war. Austin Reed, two war, 2022. 2017, Michael Gallup, two war. I mean, I, he's drafting an all-time team here. Ronnie Hillman, 1.5. War, 2011. Rest in peace, by the way. That was just terrible news to hear that about Ronnie Hillman. They said Kohler. Sean Dykes, these are guys second, fourth, no Sean Moreno. Marcus Cox from Appalachian State, it's up and down the board. These aren't all in one year. I mean, this is sustained success. And why am I talking about all this? You think you draft this well, you're willing to make those kind of picks. You get to the semifinals that many times. You survived two, three ways. You think jackets are imminent. And it's just one little thing like Florida State scoring 37 points in a game 2012 that could really undo you. And let me tell you something about Brian S. drafting. There aren't many misses, like huge misses. That Anthony Richardson pick, one of the worst picks ever for him. The only people worse, Brett Ripien, Boise State, 2016 in the, in the sixth round. And Dane Evans, fourth round pick 2015. Uh, both those guys about a two-war loss. But really, no colossal draft busts. Drafting is solid, playoff appearances, playoff success. Willingness to move capital to fill deficiencies. This is somebody who should have a couple championships. This is someone who should be fitted for a goodwill jacket. And it just hasn't happened. And you hate to see that with the longest tenured owner without a title. Who knows? Maybe this year he comes back. He comes back with a force and uh, Natty's, <clears throat> Natty's put on watch. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be tough. Justin B, all-time owner. Probably second best owner if you had to make the – if you're looking at all-time performance, and we'll go through this, Justin B, probably second best owner right now to Jeremy P. And Pino, you could probably say Pino, 
He may not be third, but he's on his way to third. And if you look at the, the teams he's putting together year in, year out, it's never going to be easy for Brian S to get back when he's fighting that kind of competition. Then you bring back in a two-time CFFL champion. There's a lot of titles. It's a lot of a lot of horsepower. Okay. You also gotta deal with Commander Christian, his 2018 title. I mean, there's people just batting around jackets and all kinds of shots fired in the natty. Natty conference is not going to be something that's going to be easy to navigate on an annual basis. Even bringing Brad A. Brad A title, 2013. Everyone's swinging a title, it seems like, in the natty. Justin has three. Kamish has one. JH has two. Christian has one. Brad has one. Pino's been in a couple championship games. And you can make the argument that Buster is an absolute owner on the rise right now. Brian S. will be right there. He will always be right there. But it's just not going to be easy when you have all these opportunities where he comes knocking. Just broke my heart in 2021. I will admit I was rooting for him just because Jeremy has won so many times. I wanted the, I wanted him to get that jacket. He went in. He made the moves. Sadly, it didn't work out. But this and everything that could have been part three, the missed opportunities, this is more a I feel bad for him. Al was, how did this happen? Bobby was more like, that's Bobby. And this one's more like, gosh, Brian's really done everything right, and he still doesn't have anything to show for it. Breaks my heart. But like we said, there's always next year. And I think we're going to call that one there. It's been good to catch up with you all. Like I said, you can listen to all these podcasts on CFFLHQ.com or, like I said, wherever you want to find the, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, except for Apple, you can also get it there. We have plenty of podcasts uh, that are in, in queue, getting these in around meetings. And like I said, I really want to kind of go through everything here so that you can be like, oh, I don't have to read anything. I don't have to do anything. I could just listen to these and kind of get caught up on what is the league? What has the league been? And we're certainly going to be throwing a lot of those out here uh, over the coming months. So by the time we get to middle end of summer, you got an entire library of these that you can listen to and really catch up. But have an awesome day. Be coming back soon. And be talking to you all soon. Be well. And um, see you when we see you. Have a good one.